listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. Hey, welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. I believe, what, what are we at, episode uh, 38? But this is this constitutes our sixth week recording in a row. And I would have loved to take this week off, but Joe and Jake said, nope, not doing it. You're not going to be the reason we bail. So here we are. Welcome, everybody. We're recording on, uh, what day is it? Tuesday night. Tuesday night, the 17th. Joe, how are you, man? Good. I mean, six in a row. I mean, should we pat ourselves on the back together? I mean, that's this is some records we're setting. Every day when I wake up. Jake, how are you doing? I, I am very well, thank you for asking. And yourself? Doing great. Hey, United States won yesterday. I, I'm in a great mood. I uh, believe that we will win. Absolutely. I, I believe that, that we, we have won. Win. So uh, enjoying a nice uh, stone. Enjoy by July 4th, 2014, double IPA. Uh, looking at Joe's beautiful face. How could I be in a bad mood? Ugh, face for radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the lovely ladies are, as of right now, gone. So They, they are. They have, um, they have disappeared from the shows, at least for now. Um, rumor says they will be back. But uh, they left. Uh, we decided it was Darien Lake. Is that what we <laughs> looked at right before we went on? Yeah, that was their last. That was the last show they guested at. Yes. Yeah, so they did um, whatever a couple three shows or so. Um, something that I thought was fairly interesting about their performances is that it seemed like some of the shows were a little bit lower rated than I thought they would be. In particular, the PNC Bank Arts Center, that was the 10th in, however you say that, Hodmel, New Jersey, which I thought looked like a pretty, pretty good set. And um, I noticed that the rating on it was only a 4.23 as of this podcast. And then when I went to the reviews, I read uh, one, two... Three that gave it one star based on the lovely ladies. Wow. So there is still, despite the fact that our front page poll shows the ladies at somewhere around a 64, 65% approval rating, there is a very vocal minority that attends shows, particularly on the East Coast, that um, does not like them. I mean, I mean you, reading, guys, you guys wouldn't even rate it a one. Right. I mean, I know you guys aren't fans. I'm, I'm cool with it, but you guys wouldn't take the show all the way down to a one just I'm, because of it, would you? I'm not going to let three or four songs ruin an entire show for me. Yeah, it's not like that. It's not even the whole show. It's not I even mean, a significant percentage. I mean, you're talking. Right. Well, yeah, you're talking maybe, you know, 15 percent. Uh, this one username, his username is the letter F. C as in Charlie K, and then Ooh. lovely ladies. Um, <laughs> he he didn't like the show that much. He he thought that they were uh, mm. the ladies were a bit of a a, a downfall to the show. So wait, um, it's, it's not about him and his desire, you know, regarding the lovely ladies. It's actually meant as a, in a malicious way. I, I believe so. I don't believe it's have sex with lovely ladies. I think it's <laughs> I am indifferent to their performance, lovely ladies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I'm looking at this set list and I think it's a really, really good set list. I haven't uh, had a chance to listen to the tape. I know the tape um, uh, is up on Ants now. Um, I think you put it up uh, just the other day, Matt, maybe uh, Sunday or Monday. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. But the set list looks really good and 
That was the show where um, it was lit as a number 36 tease, which proved that you and I were right and uh, Joe M. was wrong about the everyday reprise BS. But, I mean, they did 36. They did Save Me, which I actually think they sound great on Save Me. You and Me, which is completely harmless, and Stay, which is the song that really they're here for. So, I mean, if you're going to guest on four songs, what's wrong with those four? I will say this, though. Of those songs you mentioned... I did a show flow uh, voting on that show, and the only three songs that got negative votes were You and Me, Stay, and then The Space Between the Open and the Encore. So two of the three songs I downvoted were ladies' songs. And the wow. only reason I upvoted 36 and Save Me is because I think Save Me is a great song. And Save Me is actually a song that had backup singers in the first place. So that it's not like they're trying to shoehorn them in, right? It's just like Stay. On the album, they got backup singers. So I'm okay with it live. 36... Because it was one of the first 36s that, you know, that's come back. So I'm okay with it. Next show, I downvoted it. Hmm. <laughs> You're very, very quick to uh, change your tune on it. But I think that's fair. I, th- I think you see that a lot with, um, with Stolen Away. I think that people initially liked it, and I- I'm seeing more of Stolen Away getting uh, some downvotes. In fact, the show I'm looking at, the- that same June 10th show, it's – down toward a zero instead of being up a little bit higher the sort of the i don't know newness of it is worn up worn off already it seems oh that's exactly what it is and on top of that it's it's off of stand up it would if you're if you play the last stop every night sure you're going to get people sick of it but it's not going to it's not going to get a um a vitriolic reaction right where something from stand up if they you know no matter how unique it was at the beginning and hey this is pretty cool acoustically People are eventually going to get sick of it, and then, especially since it's on stand up, or if it was an everyday song, they would even they would drive it into the ground even further. I I agree. I think that that's the problem with it, and I think that's what happened with the ladies to an extent. Whereas their first performance in Massachusetts um, got pretty good ratings and got a positive reaction. It went downhill pretty quickly, and even Darian, which again, you know, the set list is, is pretty good. It's, it seems like a pretty enjoyable show, but you know, it's, it's got some downturns and it seems like it's got the downturns right when the ladies pop in. Uh, I'm looking at that set list in Darian and I just, I kind of yawn. I don't know. Nothing. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that the um, space between said got a, uh, was downvoted. I, I don't think it's nearly as, popular as the girls screaming for it when it gets played it seems it just seems like it's not there i i'm surprised i mean and and that's for people that attend it too because i I would say you know you see a set list and you're like yeah space between could could skip that one but you go to the show the and um i mean uh, you got it on acoustic right acoustic space between as opposed to electric space between i think is significantly different um and everyone's singing it and seems like you know what that wasn't as that wasn't bad that was kind of that was kind of fun i'm surprised that it's getting downrated at least that was like that you know for the last year so maybe people are you know okay over it now joe for me there's so much bad like there's so much bad blood ill will associated with every day like for me and it's somewhat not fair right everything surrounding the band and just the general feeling the letdown after the lily white sessions and then not coming out so it's almost like um that album has such a stigma already where it doesn't matter what song it is. It came off that album. And on top of that, it was a single off a bad album. And therefore it was extra poppy and just no, just, I don't have tolerance for it. I know me personally. Right. So I'm guessing the space between, um, 
probably gets a bad rap because of that. Jake, you clacking away in that old IBM relic over there? Well, I was just making a little <laughs> note to myself that the making a little you know, note the, with a chisel and a hammer. The the thing about it is that the space between is the most improved song. I mean, even stolen away is much better than it was. But I mean, what space between was originally was an absolute close hanger abortion. I mean, it was just evil and unholy. It just sounded terrible. But so it's better, but still nobody really wants to hear it. And I think that's what it comes down to. And I think that's why the it's like you were saying, it just has that that such negative ill feeling from the whole everyday debacle. And that still lingers. Well, the, the term better is so subjective to it. I don't know if anybody out there is a Curb Your Enthusiasm fan, but there was an episode where he has a bad back and he goes to an acupuncturist and he says, if you can fix my back, I'll give you $5,000. So they call him back a week later or whatever. And he's in a hurry. He can't really talk. So he's on the phone. The receptionist says, well, I'm just checking in to see, uh, you know, how you're feeling. Larry goes, ah, better. Hangs up. Goes in the next time and says, so you want to make a, another $5,000 bet? He goes, what are you talking about? He said, well, you're all better. He said, better doesn't mean all better. He says, you said you're better. You're better. It's an argument. So space between is better. doesn't make it good. It, it's like, you know, it's like you used to say when the Clippers sucked. You know, it's, it's like being the best Clipper. Just because you're exactly. the best song off of every day doesn't mean you're any good. You yeah. disagree, Joe? I mean, I don't know that it needs to get a down vote. I mean, think about the songs that could be... You're gonna get a quote-unquote pop song in in your set. I mean, it's gonna you're gonna get a radio single of some kind. Think about the alternatives you have. Um, yeah, yeah, don't play Gray a, Street. Ooh, yeah, hate don't that play. Don't drink the water. Oh my god. Oh, oh god, terrible. No, no, not I, too much. I'm talking too about, much. I'm, I'm talking about you need you need that romantic one. You need the one where you squeeze the person next to you, and um, you know you 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 get a crash into me. You get a space between. You get a. Joe, if you uh, squeeze um, me at the Gore's show, we're gonna have a big effing problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I get a little emotional when 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 those songs come on. Emotional. No, I mean, you're, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get that, and I don't know. I mean, all the ones to you know, Dream Girl. You want you want Dream Girl. You want Space Between. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I think uh, pickaxe to the heart or the pickaxe to the brain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right, so just, yeah, yeah. Simply oh, put, Space Between crash. Go around. What do you got? What do you want? I've heard Crash more. I mean, I heard Crash so many times. So many times. I've heard it so many times, I would take Crash 11 out of 10 times over Space Betwixt. Yeah. What? Wow. All Maybe right. 12. Okay. Man. I am definitely not on the same page with you guys on this one. Or the, or the public, for that matter, because it's getting downvoted. So, yeah. Yeah. That's you, though. You're You're... It is Talk what it is. Trend. Well, Anthony from Ants Plus here just chimed in and said that Space Between usually gets a zero from him, which is essentially the same thing as not voting at all, right? Zero vote, and that's fine. Neutral. Neutral, exactly. Um, but that is, uh, I still think that's generous. I, I mean, I, I'm sure, and we will be going through releasing these. We're already starting to write some analytics up. I would, give, I would give it a neutral, too. Well, yeah, Sorry, because but... you're, you're, you know... I'm you're not going to be negative. You're, you're but... happy. You're happy, Harriet, over there. You don't. You don't like to to criticize much. But uh... <laughs> right, wait, this this cannot be ignored. So, Joe, let's just go to <laughs> let's go to that same show we were talking about, which is the the June 10th show. And just you don't have to name all your negatives. Just name 
one of your negatives for that show. Oh, I like this. Okay. Just one. Uh, one negative. Okay. Um, you don't have to name them all. <laughs> my negative for the June 10th show would be Snow Outside. Okay. That's fair. You are 100% wrong because that song is incredible. But that's fine. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, that's your opinion. It's a very wrong opinion. I would choose opinion, the space but... between over snow outside. Oh, can I can I just put oh some context God. to this? J- for where Jake is standing, this is the guy who called Time Bomb across between Dreaming Tree and Halloween, okay? So take Jake's song opinions with a grain of salt, everyone. Let's not <laughs> that, let, let that one slip into the annals yeah, of history. I, I, I'm sorry that they destroyed it live, but really, we've been through this before, and, and Time Bomb in the studio is fan-freaking-tastic. Listen, water's wet every time I drink it. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop. I got to keep going back to that well every once in a while, you know? Uh, go back to the well all you want. I was right about that album version. I will stand by that. <laughs> oh, I don't think so, man. But Ab- absolutely. No, 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 no. The album version of Time Bomb is very good. Well, you are also, there is a best clip or two. So, I'm, you know, we can go there. We can go there. Have you ever changed your opinion? Yes, I've changed my opinion many times. Okay. I used to think that one of the people that does this podcast, who's in a hotel right now, was sort of uh, wrong about everything. But I've come to say, no, he's not wrong about everything. He's just wrong about snow outside. There's a, no, I, since we're talking about the Holmdel show, uh, I wanted to bring up, initially, uh, there was a tape that came out. Um, the acoustic set was incomplete, so the taper only released... Um, the electric set, which is great, and it's up there, and we really appreciate it. Uh, since then, a uh, taper by the name of Christopher Jones has put up the entire set, and we have that um, for free on antsmarching.org. So if you go to antsmarching.org slash downloads or go to Tour Central and browse to the Homedale show, you'll see links to the uh, to the download for, for that show. So if you want to check out what we're talking about, hear that awesome version of Snow Outside, yeah, you can download it and listen to it. That's part of the acoustic set. So very good. Very good. And Snow Outside sounded great, by the way, in Camden, night one. Oh, I got... That's a segue, by the way. Uh, Tapers. I think it was a couple episodes ago we talked about um, how how the releasing, or at least the number of tapers at shows have decreased over the last few years. Um, And again, not coming from a, a selfish or a spoiled standpoint but just of what we've come to expect essentially over the mid-2000s and and to where now and it really sparked i don't think i don't necessarily think it sparked it but there was also kind of a parallel debate going on on the website about um about that very topic uh and just it was really cool because a lot of tapers actually came around and input uh you know provided their input about why maybe there might be a shortage of tapers and the thread is on in dmb in dmbc discussion it's called uh well it's aptly called shortage of tapers, um, and right now we're we're in five pages long here, so it's about 150 posts. Um, you should definitely check it out. Uh, there was some really interesting stuff, and again, the tape, a lot of tapers checked in and clocked in and and shared. Well, what was some of the opinions? Well, I think a lot of it is it's it's might be the most boring point of it all, but it's true. Is that a lot of a lot of people have just simply grown up and had families, and uh, you know it's no longer. But that doesn't say why the next generation hasn't come in. I mean, that's that's a given, I would say. But why why hasn't the next generation come in and filled the filled the filled the ranks? Well, I think you see a lot of um, people who kind of just expect somebody else to do it. 
Um, and and well, so that's new. That 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 wasn't the case before. No, I don't know. Listen, listen, pale. This ain't my thesis. <laughs> I don't necessarily have a paper on this, but uh, yeah, there was discussion being tossed around about why isn't the band do soundboards every night and the value of tapers from there. Um, I, and I think actually the article that just came out today and Stefan uh, quoted in it. He gets upset when the band releases a release that has a, his mis- a mistake in it. And gosh, if you if they release every if they released every single thing, let's face it, there must there there are going to be mistakes. And um, I think they're trying to just probably keep that in keep that in contained, not let not let too much uh, too much mistakes get out. I think that's an odd opinion, an odd position to take, though, even for Stefan. And, and what what do you want me to do? Right, I'm I'm not in the band, so he can have whatever opinion he wants, but. You are prime, predominantly known as a live band. Um, you know that. For, for him to even, I mean, for him to say, "Don't release the shows that we make mistakes in." Okay, well, then we would be on live track zero right now. Exactly. Okay? exactly. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's it's fine. I don't even think anybody cares if there's little tiny flubs during shows. It sort of gives it a little character. I mean, it just, it happens. It makes it real. It shows you they're not just a record playing in the background with Dave singing. I mean, I, I don't have any problem with hearing, and, and all of them are really tiny little flubs. I mean, I can't think of too many that are like glaring that, from a release like, oh my God, I can't believe that got released. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's so that, I think that's sort of what DMB is. So, you know, Dave messes up the lyrics sometimes, or, you know, maybe they play an extra chord here or there. But, you know... <sighs> So do you think if um, suddenly we start going, the community starts going um, without a number of shows being recorded, um, do you think? Oh, Joe's hotel internet got us. He was well, just something changes. There he goes. Say that one more time, Joe, because Uh-oh. you're cutting out, pal. So why don't you say that one more time? Okay, sorry. Um, I was saying if we get a number of shows that we don't get recordings for, do you think there's a change and we see an uptick in tapers or that just becomes the new norm? Well, so now that I can actually input about what was in that thread, um, with, with some authority at least, <laughs> because I've, I've directly read, there were people in there talking and uh, one of our own moderators, who is also a taper crumbo, was um, you know helping him out saying this is how you can get started. And he posted a huge long list of like, this is the kind of equipment you need. This is where you can get it used. If you want to pay this, you can get it new. This is what kind of budget you would need if you want to start up and get decent tapes. Um, it was awesome. But the vibe I got, there were some people who were interested. Now, Crumbo also said in the same thread, look, I've given this information to dozens of people. Nobody emails me back after that. So it's almost like their interest only takes them so far. Mm-hmm. And maybe they didn't expect the cost or what it was, or maybe it just was kind of a thrill to consider it. And then when it all came down to it and the reality of what the requirements are, said, hey, I can't do it. But um, either way, it seemed like there's a lot of interest up to a certain point, but that certain point doesn't seem to contribute to the, the taping community, unfortunately. So do you think there's been any change in people listening to the shows. Do you think people listen to the shows at the same rate they used to in the past, or has that increased or decreased? I'll keep going, Jake, but you can feel free to jump at any time. Um, I think it's consistent. I think it's it's the same amount of people. I mean, we're seeing basically the same amount of downloads that we've seen before. We're seeing the same sort of reacts that we saw before. I mean, you know, I download every show. I'm, I'm not 
in the majority by any stretch of the imagination. But I think that you're still getting a lot of down downloads, which justifies a taper going there and, and taping it. And just to jump on what you were saying about, you know, what the problem is, don't forget that, you know, it, it is very expensive. What these tapers do is, is absolutely amazing. And, and I am very, very happy for any tape, any taper that, that, that records a show. Cause it is a tremendous hassle. It is a lot of money. And I think that's part of the problem too, of people starting up is, you know, how many people now in their, you know, early twenties to mid twenties have twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars laying around they could just throw in a gear. Yeah, and you could start off like like Crumbo said and other tapers, you can start off five, six hundred bucks, but the bar has been set so high quality wise. I know me, if I was gonna get into it, if I had the time, uh, I wouldn't want to come in and work my way up, so to speak, because we're kind of past that, right? The band's been out for over 20 years now. The tapes, the quality bar has been established. I want to go up there, and I want my name out there with the big boys, essentially, right? And so it could be daunting, a couple thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think it's opportune time, once again, to say thank you, tapers. Absolutely. Uh, You're here. As much as, as much as I very rarely do this, though, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Jake, on one point, and I think that downloads are down. Um, and I'll just take myself personally. I don't know if it's, I think downloads are down. Well, maybe that's not the case. I know this because downloads are so easily available and this is just overall, I feel less of a need to go get a show when it's out because I know it'll be there. So maybe I'll never go get it. You know what I mean? Whereas if it was a tape, you kind of coveted getting the, you know, was Maxell? What were they? XL twos? Oh, I think, Max, I think Maxell twos. No Jason cards. When the sets included new stuff, that's when we they're at their peak, right? Um, well, back in what, what tour was it when we got like, um, you know, like uh, Joyride, Hello Again, Oh Four. Yeah, I mean that's got that, that's got probably one of course for download quantity just because. New versions of songs, things changing. People want to check it out, want to hear it. I mean, I see this set, and like we're just go back. We've been talking a lot about six ten, right? So go back to that show. I see the set, and I say, eh, pretty good, sh- pretty cool show. Am I am I overly excited to get a listen to it? No, because I've heard a lot of these songs. Maybe I want to hear the thirty six jam or thirty six T's, whatever you call it, or maybe I want to hear what the ladies um, sound like on Save Me. And so then I get it, but I don't know that there's the sets contain those items that really are like, I got to go get this show. Yeah, it's a, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. People, you know, the Ants Plus members in the chat, they're all talking about stagnation in the sets. And it seems to be a, a reoccurring theme, not only this year, but over the past few years. Um, uh, I, every year the catalog grows, essentially. I mean, they don't come out with a new album every year, but you could say as time increases, so does their catalog. Therefore, the depth of the shows you would think should, if you know, if it could, if not should, increase. So, um, I think some of those criticisms are warranted. JV, yeah. what do you think? No, I, I agree with you. I think that it, what it comes down to, and something we've talked about um, a few other times, is that for the most part, you're you're getting a lot of the same songs you've seen for the last four years. And I mean, I'm just going to randomly click on. The next show, which is coming up this weekend, and that is at Deer Creek, which will always be called Deer Creek to you and I. So, 
if I go click on where it says Noblesville at Ants uh, in the Tour Central, and over on the right-hand side, you'll see a, a button that says City Song Stats, and I click on there, and I will learn that if I went to every single show at Deer Creek since um, Big Whiskey came out, which was in 09, I would have seen Shake Me Like a Monkey five times. So do the math with me. 09, 10, no shows in 11, 12, 13. That's eight shows, two each year. If you've seen all eight shows at Deer Creek, you've seen Shake Me five times. Mm. You know, I like Shake Me. I don't know if I like it five times, Shake Me, but it, it's that's the stagnation that you're seeing from people, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reaction you're getting. And specifically, Shake Me Like a Monkey, which we've talked about in the past, is a song that it is... I mean, almost universally hated now on the boards. Yeah. Let's look at the songs. Now, they've played uh, 33 shows in Noblesville ever. You've got Lover Lay Down, three plays. Minarets, two. Pay For What You Get, three. Cry Freedom, three. Even Proudest Monkey, five. Uh, Halloween, Spoon, Last Stop in the Dreaming Tree, all under five. JTR and Sweet Up and Down, five. Um, you've got Raven... Uh, you Never Know, Ditch, Raven, Big-Eyed Fish, Captain, and Kit-Kat, all under five. Grave Digger, Stay or Leave, under five. Half of Stand Up, under five, uh, or more than half. I, you just, I, I completely agree. It's it's like, you've got these songs that I just read off, and but you've got Shake Me five times. And that's, that's by the way, over 33 shows, all those numbers. Right. And, and you know, even and when you think about it like that, so you've got five out of eight for Shake Me. It's only had eight chances to be played. You know, it didn't exist before that. Yet, you know, it has more plays than You Never Know, which came out, you know, six years before that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a lot. And, and I think that's the that's what you're hearing people say on the message boards. I think yeah, that's what and, they're talking about when they hear when they talk about redundancy. And as Chad puts it in the um the ongoing chat right now, DMB's five year big whiskey support tour. All right. I, I mean, you can you can see why people that see a lot of shows feel that way because you know we we've had this discussion ants plus before. I mean, there's people in there that have seen Shake Me like thirty times. I mean, think about that, <laughs> thirty times. That's a lot. Uh, there's another there's another you streamer who doesn't have a, a name in the chat, but said that it's it's a decent studio track and it's just um, you know sloppy live. Well, you know, my, my feelings on the studio version of Shake Me are, are no secret. I absolutely think it's an amazing track, um, super important, and they hit it right in the head. And I will agree with that, that it sucks live. It's too fast. It's just not sharp uh, and overplayed. So, yeah, I, if they, I, I think there's been some bad Rapunzel's live over the years. But when it's on, it's on. And I don't think we've seen that for Shake Me yet. No, I, I agree with you. And, and you know, I, I keep coming off like this Shake Me Defender, but, I mean, I, I still like the song. I, I really don't have too much of a problem with it. But, I mean, even for me, who's sitting here defending it, you know what? When it closes a show, it's a minus one for me. I mean, I, I don't want to hear it close a show. It, it, you know? the, op the opening and closing, it was awesome when, when it first came out. Now it's now it needs to move elsewhere in the rotation, if yeah, at all. It's, yeah, it's. I mean, it's... It's crazy. I mean, just, that's a lot. Well, guys, 
We're going to take a, a quick break. That'll be the end of our first segment here. We wrapped up the ladies and and some talk about the tapers and some tours. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, some new covers showing themselves live. Uh, the return of Good Good Time. And uh, we'll take some questions. So we'll, we'll be right back after these words. Welcome back to the Ants March of the Outdoor Podcast. I'm Matt here with Joe and Jake. We are ripe and ready to go. Well, Joe's probably extra ripe. He's in a hotel room after another long day on the road. So, Why does that make it ripe? You, I can smell you from here, man. Look at you. Who else, who, else, who else on this podcast right now has a shower within five feet of them? Uh, not five feet, but probably 15. It's across the hall. Touche. <laughs> Yeah, who hasn't used it? Point number two. <laughs> Somebody lives in Florida. Yeah, right. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Where? Why don't I get dragged into this? I'm just sitting back relaxing. Jeez. <laughs> so uh, before we took a break, we uh, we mentioned we did a teaser on uh, covers, and um, we got a couple of Paul Simon songs. Did we not, Jake? Yeah, Dave did a um, a fundraiser for the Children's Health Fund in um, New York City. And Paul Simon showed up. Uh, Aaron Neville actually did as well. But uh, Dave played Me and Julio down by the schoolyard, which was – he played it with Paul Simon, which is the same way they played it in 2001, which is the last time they played it. And also um, they played Slip Sliding Away, which is a great, great Paul Simon song. And that song has made it into uh, rotation now with the band, and they've played it at a full band show, which is very exciting for me because I really, really like the song. And I hope you do too. Not so bad. I think the me and Julio is the most exciting part. I mean, because that, that's historic in terms of uh, Dave Sololand, correct? Absolutely. And, and that's actually one of my favorite, uh, and we're not supposed to talk about him, but back in the day when we, when the fans uh, recorded the IEMs, um, the, what? That's, the, huh? that's the thing <laughs> where the band could talk to each other. It actually wasn't banned until after the recording was made, but it was um, May 5th, 2001 at, at, um, at Jazz Fest in New Orleans. And Paul Simon came out on stage and Dave gave him his guitar and they were trying to figure out what to play. And Carter yells from the back, play me and Julio. And they just busted right into it. Like they'd been playing it every single day. And Roy did a fantastic solo on it and everything. It was just one of those unbelievable moments. And it's a moment that always shows you how talented the band actually is. Cause they just jumped right into it. Like it was nothing. So it frustrates you more that sets become stagnant when you realize <laughs> that kind of talent, right? Yeah. Um, you know, do I want to hear me and Julio? Yeah, I'd like to hear that. That'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think you could say that. Trying to be nice about it. Yeah. Well, oh, I wanted to talk about, you brought it up, uh, IEMs. Um, 
when you say they were technically made illegal, I don't, I mean, illegal in what, the band's taping policy? Correct, yes. Prior to, um, I want to say it was about June 2001. What, they were ostensibly al- allowed? They they were not listed Explicit, in the, yeah. yeah, they weren't listed in the rules as being against the taping policy. So there were many IEMs that were recorded. There's, there is, they're still being recorded today, even though they're not supposed to be. But there is uh, a lot from 2000, um, a few from 1999, even back in 1998. Actually, the very first one recorded was in Arizona, and a guy used a police scanner to get in there and record the sound check for that. And that sound check's still out there someplace. It's from someplace in Arizona. Um, it's that was where the prelude, that little um, song that was played in two thousand one and two thousand four um, on that seven ten two thousand four show that everybody loves. That was the old intro to Grace Is Gone. That was played way back then as well. It's just a little guitar thing, just a I'm little just, riff that if you heard it, I'm just surprised you'd know it. these uh, these um, in your in your monitor headsets don't have uniquely encrypted channels. Yeah, you know. I would have thought. I thought the, the actually the lack of them recently, and, and maybe it's just because I'm not attached in. But I just figured that now they were doing, you know, um, yeah, encryption, doing uh, scrambling. Well, as you know, Matt, because you have your warehouse disk, and as I know, because I have two warehouse disks, but Joe does not know. <laughs> you know twice as zero. much. <laughs> yes, I know twice as much. They actually have included a few uh, droplets of talking between the band after the songs. So there's the IEM sort of made it onto the warehouse disc and and specifically it's it's after warehouse and it's after uh, spoon because mm-hmm. they mentioned something about spoon being that's one of the best versions of the song they've ever done that was the one with brandy carlisle um so you can actually hear that if you just turn up the end of spoon you'll hear carter and dave talking about it so well, they are using sometimes it. i don't well some i mean sometimes the, the carter's mics around his set will pick up them talking so i don't know that it was necessarily iem i mean i haven't heard it i still haven't received my disc then um, what are you talking about since you don't yeah. have the disc you just talk to hear <laughs> yeah. yourself talk yeah this is this is totally jake worthy joe with the opinion with no backing knowledge come on <laughs> come on <sighs> But I I, it's better. cool, I, you know. I, I hope they use, do that more because it sounds it sounds interesting, and you know, gives it more of a a chatty, natural feel when you hear the band up there talking. They did that on, um, I think they did it on one of the YouTube videos too. Um, I can't. I think it was when the they did the Belly Belly Nice uh, about a year ago. There's some chatter in between, or after the song on that one, I believe. I think that's what it is. Just try to. I think there's like fifty something videos. Just watch them all, and then just. Go ahead and tweet us and tell us which one it was. Yeah, that'd be nice. Kind of speaking about IEMs, um, a little bit more legal way, uh, getting us getting a little view of behind the scenes is um, what Coffin's doing. And I don't know if you guys got a check, chance to check it out, but he's um, using using a mobile app to uh, stream some of uh, some of the live uh, performances. Like for instance, I think I don't know what show it was. It was um, probably Candom Night Two. I'm not sure he. He started streaming live while the band, I don't know if anybody knows, but at, at the encore break, the band all kind of gets gets together on a side stage around a little table. It's got like candles and it's got like waters or Gatorades and maybe got a couple snacks or something. And during the encore break, while fans are slamming their hands against the seats. They're kind of chilling and laughing and talking about the show and relaxing. Um, he started streaming from there. You can kind of hear Carter talking in the background and... They just kind of BSing with each other, and then he goes and sets up his sets up the, his phone, which he's streaming from um, 
on top of his like um, his equipment stack there, and you get like a side stage view of you know the last one or two songs of the show. Um, have you guys been able to check it out? It's been pretty cool. Are they still available? Um, n- you might be able to find them on YouTube. Is that <laughs> you're not supposed to, but they're there. Um, it means um, I think I think he takes them down after after he's done streaming. Um, but you know the community just grabs them and puts them up for YouTube for people who aren't able to catch them while while he does it. At least I, at least one or two are that way. Interesting. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't watch it. I, what kind of um, audio fidelity are we talking about watching these? Um, it's actually not that bad. Um, I mean, it's Carter heavy because it, it's recording from side stage. It's not the audio mix that you get at the front of house. Um, it's getting what, what is it going to sound like if you were listening from the side stage? So it's you know it's Carter heavy and kind of horn heavy when they do their pieces, but not not really. I guess me wasn't extra horn heavy because they're pointing away from the from the microphone of the phone. But um, you hear what's going on, you know what's going on. Um, it's just kind of cool to see it from that angle, and especially when walking around and you know making way to the stage, you know. And why not? I mean, that's not going to stop anybody from going to a show. I think all that does is create buzz. Kind of gets people psyched up and excited about it. Gets more people talking about it on social media. I think it's a great idea. Absolutely, yeah. I'll, I'll be watching for it for the next show. It sounds great. Yeah, but but, I, but I'm certainly not canceling my RV to the gorge because of it, right? Ah, screw it. I'll just watch Coffin's feed. Nobody's saying that. No, he only does one song uh, at the end of the show, so you can't. You're not going to get anything, and you're not going to get the live concert experience from it. Not at all. You know, I kind of liken that to the the very first. Um, show the band played in a stadium which was in 1998 at um at foxborough and vh1 was going to air the concert although they only aired the first half hour of it but i only lived at the time two hours away from foxborough and that didn't stop me from going to the show just because it was going to be on tv you know i still wanted to go to the show wanted to go to their first stadium show so i went so i i don't think that that hurts anything at all i think it it just promotes it yep i mean um they've done they've done live streams and from the gorge and from other places in the past and attendance was still good for it i know a lot of those they haven't they don't announce the live stream until really right before the show dates and everyone's pretty much bought their tickets at that point but i doubt anybody says eh, i'm not gonna go yeah that that um that was the caravan tour they did the the gorge um stream which was actually great that was over the same weekend it always is but those were a lot of fun i actually watched those i think you guys were there for that or at least matt was what show jake 2011 gorge or did you miss that one i missed that one i didn't do the caravan tour the band took the ear off so did i and then the band changed their mind but i stuck to my guns (laughs) (laughs) bunch of flip floppers <laughs> yeah. So no, no. This uh, um, speaking of the gorge, um, it's looking like Joe M and I will be representing ants there. Uh, this will be my first show in. All, it won't quite be two calendar years, but the last shows that we're at were um, the gorge 2012. So it'll be darn near two years for me. Joe has seen more shows than the bands put on, so that's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> for him the, the the real question is not how many shows the band has played it's how many jo- shows joe has seen and then work backwards from there um yeah but it'll be exciting joe do we have anything to to say about that right i know it's still early it's a long ways away but do we have anything on that i don't i don't know if i want to spoil anything okay well hey, that's hey i'm gonna defer to you my friend 
All right. There may or may not, even though you just confirmed it, be an Ants <laughs> RV there. Ants RV. Well, that should be fun. Um, we've got some ideas that may or may not get us ejected from the campgrounds. We're not sure yet. <laughs> Nothing solidified. But, uh, <laughs> you know, be sure to be on the lookout and be ready. Be if there ready. is, yeah, if there's anybody that understands um, um, law in in in. George, George, the city of George. Yeah, what's really state of Washington? Like, like anything that really is not cool. <laughs> that yeah. we, we, it might be helpful to know. Yeah, we might want to understand what laws we may be breaking. Right, right. So, uh, moving along, not really a segue, but Jake is getting all pissy with his with his cursor here in this shared Google Doc. He wants to talk about the latest DMB Live release. I can't blame him. It's awesome. Uh, we put a news story up about it uh, on Friday. Um, it is the oldest show yet that the band's released. Uh, Jake, you've got tons of stuff on this, man. Tell us all about it. Yeah, this is really a great show, and it sounds fantastic, too. It's from July 28th, 1992. It's the latest DMB Live release, as you just mentioned, and the show is just out-freaking-standing. Um, it's got a very, very early version of Seek Up, which is just Dave Carter and Roy playing on it. Back in the song, was only like four and a half minutes. I mean, that tells you how early on it was. Um, it's just a really, really nice show. Best of What's Around opens it up. You get Angel from Montgomery. Um, Tangerine is in the second set. Dave doing a solo. That was back in the... It gives you a great idea of what it used to be like back in the day also because what the band used to do is they would play their first set and sometimes Dave would open with a solo song. Sometimes he wouldn't. But a lot of times Dave in 1992 opened the second set with a solo set. It would be one or two songs. Maybe it was something new he was working on. And one of the songs that was fairly new even back then was Lie in Our Graves. So you're going to hear a very quick version of Lie in Our Graves without really the jam portion of it, um, which is kind of interesting. And the whole show ends in essentially like a melody of like Ants and Recently and Spotlight and Cry Freedom and Two Step and Nancy's. It's it's really an outstanding show, and you're really going to get an idea of how songs have changed a lot from back then, but yet they're the same. It's sort of I, I don't know. It's hard to explain how it, you know the song could be so different, yet it's still the song that you know. So you know what I mean. I don't know if you have any insight on this, Jake, but is it possible uh, in terms of the demographics that DMB Live is for? Right? Will there be anybody who downloads this show or buys it and listens to spotlight and does not have any idea what it is. Yeah, I think so. I mean, really, I, I, I think that there's still some people out there that get thrown off by songs that, that wouldn't know what it was. And I would assume that the, the buying base for DMB live all know spotlight and know all the alternate lyrics to it. But I still think that there's people out there that just see an old show and go, you know what? I want to grab that. There's just, you know, there's fans of bands that just want to hear early versions of it. So they might, be on ants and follow and see the story and go, you know what? I want to hear that early version of what the band sounds like. And they're going to hear spotlight and go, what the hell is that? Well, well, this is great. I mean, those songs like that, exactly. What the hell is that? There are plenty of older shows that have songs that will, you know, solicit that kind of reaction. Um, This show is actually um, available for download on the ants download forum. Now I say that because the band is cool enough to not knock down you know, audience tapes of shows, um, even when they put them on sale. It's a really great thing. 
they don't like embargo anything once they release it professionally. I will say this: um, it's cool to have both because listen to the uh, it's an analog soundboard, but from what I understand, it's not great quality. Like a lot of tapes back then, they've been through generations. Um, you know, the, the recording uh, was still done by a, somebody not professional in terms of you know that wasn't mastered. They don't have individual tracks. Where this is a mastered recording, I would. 10 times out of 10, take the mastery recording. But go ahead and grab the download off um, the AntsMarching.org download area and give it a listen um, just to give a, give a taste. And I think it's even more interesting to go ahead then, go grab the flax and listen to uh, the mastered version and just see how different um, what it is coming directly off the board of mastering you know, results in versus, uh, versus just an analog soundboard tape. Either of you have done that? Not yet. I should. I really should. I, I'd love to, actually. It's just a matter of sticking through it and... and uh, you know, having a time. It, it does sound different because what the um, DMB live version is, is the, what the reason it's a DMB live versus a regular live tracks release we've talked about before is the two track recording, which is one track is just the music and the other track is Dave's voice. So that's how they're able to level it out and make it all sound good. Whereas the taper is just a one track recording of Dave's voice and the music all on the same track. That's the difference between them. So obviously, the more tracks you have, the better it's going to sound, which is why the live track series is a little more complicated because everybody has their own track. Does that make sense? Sort of? Yeah, I stopped listening. No, yeah, no, that makes sense. That's all right. <laughs> I wasn't listening either. I was just talking. <laughs> but yeah, um, there's not a lot of show flow votes, uh, but it's definitely something that is generally perceived as positive. Uh, the... Not, I think, boy, I might have been the only one to vote on this, but but I'm, I'll say I'm this. voting right now. I'll say this. Uh, True Reflections uh, got a negative for me, and Angel from Montgomery got a, got a neutral, and so did Satellite, and so did Billy's to close. Everything else for me was a positive. My score on the show was an eight, a positive 18. Positive 18, that's pretty good. It's very good, yeah. I mean, when you consider the, when you consider the total max possible would have been 19 20 21 22 23 24 so 18 out of 24 which is you know fantastic it's like 75 percent that's more i mean zero is really decent right it's average zero is neutral zero is 50 percent i gave it a 20 down on satellite everything else is a plus except for jimmy is a zero and tip sit is a zero typical is a zero for you just, I'm very typical doubt. Wow. I've always been typical doubt. It's not fair. I only like two versions of it. I admit it's not fair. Oh, it goes everywhere, though. It changes all up. I love it. I know. I know. It's not fair. I know it's not fair. I, lo- I love the 07 versions that go from the jam, and I love the original, original version off the demo where um, it's got a little different pacing to it, a little different lyric from Dave, the Dave solo one. Those are my two favorite versions. And the rest of them are just there. So we got a new live album out. So now, what about the new album? We just got a uh, we just put a new story up today. Put a couple tweets out. Fonz had a tweet. Rolling Stone had a tweet. The new album session is quote unquote on pause right now. Breaking news. Yeah, I, and I, I put it in the, <laughs> I put it in the news story. Yeah, it was deve- it was developing as as it happened. I put in the news story, I you know, I kinda of followed up a little bit of analysis in the final paragraph is that this is kind of much ado about nothing. I mean, the band's not laying down tracks for a record when they're on the road. Um, 
so I really don't think it's it's anything of note. I think it's kind of status quo. But but do you guys have any uh, different interpretation on that? I mean, I, probably what I got out of it is, look, they're not even through pre-production. I mean, it's it's they're it's this is infancy at its at its most definitive point. They're not not very far along. That's pretty much what you get out of it. That's the same thing I took out of it. Exactly that. They just are just starting on it, and that's all there is to it. Nothing to see here and move along. Right. On top of that, no one ever said we're far along either. There was never – it's not like there's a this, – this is not a setback. They, they never indicated any significant progress other than the fact that, yes, we're going to record another album. So um, I don't think it's a big deal at all. It is breaking news, however. Yeah, it's not a big deal except when you, you know – take into account that this happened in 2004, 2006, 2007, <laughs> you know, 2000. Oh, careful. So, you know, it's that's the thing that where I, I think that a lot of the um, older, harder core fans sort of like until I see the pre-order, I'm not going to believe it. And I think a lot of people took that attitude with um, Away From the World also. It's just sort of like, okay, they're there. I know they're supposedly working on stuff. I know Lily White's there, but until I actually receive it in the mail, I'm not going to believe it. Did I just hear? A, did I just hear a listener leave? Or was that your instant messenger? Somebody signing off? I heard a door <laughs> shut. <laughs> no, that was AOL instant. <laughs> no, that was the wife was checking on you guys, making sure you guys were all right. She's very concerned. Uh, tell her thank you. Yes, yeah, thanks for checking. She's Joe, looking out for both. Joe, of you. have you heard anything about what tracks may or may not be included on the new album? Yeah, I yeah, like I've heard those like tracks like that. I don't know. Sometimes sometimes, you know, the positive attitudes get the information. You don't know. It's pre-production. It, whatever information is out there, take it as a grain of salt. Yes, it might be the way it is now, but it, this is like so early in the process that everything can change. It's, you know, don't don't bet your chicken. True. JTR was originally going to be on uh, every day, right? No, not on every which, day. Which one? What, what am I talking about? No, it got cut from. Uh, that was our big breaking news back in two thousand two when we we received exclusive word that it was going to be cut from uh, busted stuff, and nobody believed us and said we were just looking for attention. And then we were right. Oh, that's right, busted stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, hey, the sources close to our sources told our sources that a source with knowledge said. It was not going to be I there. always got such a huge kick out of that when we would break something like that. No, but it's no big deal. It's just a matter of somebody told us something and said, hey, you know, don't blow me in. And we share it. And people would get so pissed off and be like, oh, what do you mean you can't name your source? Nobody's ever heard of the way news breaks. Yeah. <laughs> you want more sources? Then, uh, you know, we got to keep you want more. Yeah, you want more. Yeah, you want more inside information and we can't give away the source. Yes. Right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, nothing new really there. But uh, and going back to the – well, Stefan said that the band's creative juices, so to speak, um, and I'm paraphrasing, but um, are right now being expended on the acoustic set. And speaking of the acoustic set, we saw the return of another beloved song, jam song, um, and then the following night shows up in the electric set, which is awesome, right? So we saw Good Good Time. Jake, man, what about it? Yeah, and, and uh, we, we had a question just to segue into what something somebody sent us uh, via the Ant's Twitter. Somebody said, did, did uh, somebody hand Dave a copy of the, the uh, warehouse disc? Because, of course, as I know twice and you know once, but Joe doesn't know, Good Good Time is on that disc. 
So sometimes you have to wonder how Dave finds out about these songs and how they come back. And it does make you wonder, but yeah, it's, it, the acoustic I'm pretty sure I, really I'm pretty good. sure I know I have the answer to that. It's because at the beginning of the tour, we asked about what song we wanted to hear acoustic, and I said Good Good Time, and I'm, I think he listened to that, and that's why he did it. He probably DM'd you, right? Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. DM, <laughs> D- DM DM'd me. Oh, God. Yes. Wow, but that was freaking weak. The, uh, the, I like the acoustic version of it. I thought the acoustic one sounded pretty good. I have not heard the electric on the tape. I heard, uh, like we were talking about earlier, I saw a YouTube link to it and saw a little bit of the um, electric version on YouTube, but I'm going to wait till I hear the um, taper version before I pass judgment on it. But, um, I mean, honestly, I've said this in the past, that Good Good Time is not my favorite song in the world. I can live with it. Um, but I'm glad to see it's back. I wouldn't mind it getting into rotation just to break up the monotony that we spoke of earlier. Yeah, it's one of those jammy songs. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of direction to it. I will say this as a mediocre and that's a compliment guitar player. It's it's like just fun. It's easy to play and it sounds really nice. So I I like jam. I like noodling with it on the guitar. And I like Tim, Timmy on it, man. Timmy's the Timmy's awesome when you give him that kind of freedom to play on. Uh, I, I like it; it's fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we got so that was that wasn't really a bookend, but that was an acoustic then electric. And is that the that's is that the first time we've seen that happen this tour? Yeah, that's the first that um, made it uh, into the same weekend. The same, uh, elect- yeah, the same venue. It's happened across venues. Right. Right. It's happened with with Save Me, and it's happened with Satellite. Um, they've both been played acoustically and electrically. And, Two Step and hasn't I, been played. Two Step hasn't been played electrically. And, well, I was going to say to that. Thanks for cutting me off. Gee whiz, <laughs> God! Do you ever read the rundown? It's right freaking there. <sighs> what I was going to say was Two Step opened Camden, and then it closed Camden electrically. What about Two Step? Is this on? <laughs> <laughs> was it done on purpose? Me hitting the microphone, yes. Well. Was- <laughs> <laughs> now the bookend. I, I, I like to think so. I like to hope that they were getting cheeky and it was very cute and that's what they did. Um, I hope that they didn't get done with the show and walk backstage and they go, oh, we played that last night? I didn't know that. <laughs> Listen, you, it's the, I don't rule it out. I think they did it on purpose. I think that they got very adorable about it and played it and it, it's pretty funny and it was really cool and it's still a song that everybody loves electrically um so i don't have a problem with it i'm sure most people didn't either that were there as long as they weren't chanting for it ahead of time well it's there's not too many songs that i feel like they could bookend and people would be like hey that's pretty cool i think if they did a series of other songs or the majority of their songs people would be a little bit upset about it lion our graves would be cool to do the reprise or even half of the song acoustically and then they kind of play the back half of the song and just jam it out at the end of night two. I think that'd be cool. You want can, the, you want the end of night two well, to close on the maybe even the set closer, not the encore. Or maybe they can open up the acoustic set with that hey hey hey, oh. and then end night two with <laughs> the full Dream Girl with Carter coming in. <laughs> no. Oh God, that would just be amazing. Oh, oh my God, I would. Maybe they they do that at the gorge. Can you that still can you still scalp a ticket after the show has started? <laughs> <laughs> after oh. you've already, you mean after you've already you yes. scanned the ticket? Yes, yeah, yes. What's this worth to in. you? Like they could maybe they could open the gorge night one with that night two they could do like half of it 
in the electric set and night three end with the last half of it, like the jammed out 11 minute version. Would that just be great? Wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't that just make your weekend? Oh, yeah. Well, speaking, oh, we... speaking of two night weekends, Deer Creek is up next. Deer, Deer Creek is up next. Deer Creek is up next. One of the uh, few big venues left that does not have a release. Ironically enough, Camden, that just was last weekend, and uh, West Palm Beach is the other one that's a quote-unquote big venue where you see a lot of uh, uh, two-stop shows. Those are the three that are left that do not have releases. So that always one makes you wonder if there's going to be a release coming up from one of those three and also makes you wonder how the set is going to be because it is a quote-unquote big stop for them. Are you saying that it's possible that this upcoming performance could be a candidate or, you know, because the band does know ahead of time and a lot of, you know, when on some of these, especially video related, right? Because they have to set special gear in. Are you saying that you think the venue is ripe for release or do you think this upcoming I, performance might, might matter? Oh, I think the upcoming performance matters. I think that, yeah, absolutely. But I just think that between Camden, Deer Creek and West Palm beach, I mean, I, I I'm surprised there hasn't been a release from, from one of those three yet. I mean, not that I'm, particularly complaining about uh, Live Tracks 29 because that was a really, really good show from Blossom. But it just um, it just seems like they're due, and it seems like if you check on the message boards, those are the three venues that really get talked about a lot, especially Camden. The, you know, but that's Jersey people, so they just bitch about everything, so that doesn't really count. But there's, there's a lot of great shows from, from both locations, especially you know if you go back and look at uh, Deer Creek, go all the way back to 2000, and that was a three-night stop back then and those three shows are fantastic uh it's the 22nd 23rd and 24th of june those are really really good shows that was early in the um what became the lily white sessions albums so those are three really good shows so you have to you know just when you get to a big venue one of the quote-unquote big stops like SPAC or Camden, you just have to think that maybe they're going to step it up a little bit in the performance. Oh, man, these are great sets. We got a full 40-night one of that of that three-night stand in 2000. Yeah, fantastic. Full 40. The tape is available, by the way. We have Craig Willoughby's source um, for that, 622-2000. 623-2000, we also have Craig's source. Um, we got Raven, Digging a Ditch, uh, a proper One Sweet World to open the show. These sets are so, so are so short. It's just funny looking at this. Um, there were 15 songs played. Uh, one song encore, just Billy's. Uh, there's a recently, however. We don't have the third night up for download. Um, had Dan Myers on three songs guesting, but best of what's around. You're right. I mean, JTR, is fantastic, fantastic set. Open with best of what's around. You open with best of what's around. That's a winner right there. I agree. I that agree. That is just... That is the song. When we did the top 50 list a couple years ago, actually it was about four or five years ago now, that is the one song that was the most positively received across all lines of fans. Just everybody likes the song. Nobody had a negative th- thing to say about it. So it's just, did Deer Creek turned into Klipsch? Or, yeah. or yes. Verizon Wire? Are, are they all the same? They're all the same. Okay. Only the names have changed. So we have a bug on our... We have a bug on our site right now. A better time to talk about it than a podcast. I, I know, I know, but <laughs> but so the the venues aren't consolidated. They are, but they're not. So we have to fix it because the stats. If you look at stats for like the Clips Music Center, you see four shows. That's, that's the intent. You click on the city, right. and you then you'll the see city. all of them. Oh well. All right. You're right. 
I'm sorry. I Didn't user you error. write the code? I've been corrected. I did, but I, whatever, man. It's a long time user ago. error. You know what's interesting about Deer Creek, though, is in the battle of Midwest venues, it went in the non big city, non big city venues. It wins. I mean, if you think we used to get two shows in Columbus, Pittsburgh gets used to get two shows. Um, all, all these Midwest cities. We used to have shows, tour openers in St. Louis or whatever. I mean, a lot of those shows are gone. Clubs doesn't even get a show anymore. Um, Deer Creek has still been able to hold on to two shows. Yeah, if we're being a mid Midwest city that, I mean, not like a big city like, you know. Um, oh, dude, you know, who's going to Indiana for three Dave Matthews Band shows? You're right. It's a great point. I mean, it's crazy that they can still get two, that they still get, Deer Creek still gets two shows, and that's awesome. It's great, because um, I can easily see that being one of the ones that gets cut down to one show, like all their other Midwestern shows. So, I mean, I think that's, that's that says something about Deer Creek, and, um, you know, it's still one of the venues that still has a huge camping presence. A lot of the, lot of the people that go to the, those shows camp out, and there's a, there's a campground associated with the venue. There's Dead Creek, you know, across the street there. Um so uh, Deer Creek definitely brings um, some of that old school uh, show-going experience and one of the last few Midwestern venues to still hold that title. We're coming up on the 18th anniversary of another show that I was this close to going to, and that was actually at Deer Creek in 1996. One of my old buddies, Dre, lived about an hour from there, and we were going to drive up to that show. Freddie Jones Band opened with Ben Harper. You remember Freddie Jones Band? That's probably before you guys' time. They were they were fantastic. But that is one of the shows where, I mean, was all set to go and things just didn't work out and couldn't make it. And I look back at that set list and just go, oh, God, could have saw that. True Reflections, Cry Freedom. Ugh. I'm all right. I'm back now. You okay? I'm good. You're, you're yeah, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm all right. I'm back. He's hold, holding back some tears. Oofa. Yeah, what are you going to do? So, but anyway, like we were saying, Deer Creek is a major stop. SPAC, Deer Creek, Camden, West Palm. I mean, those are the big ones that get two stops. And, of course, you know, you get Berkeley this year, but that's sort of – and Gorge, of course. But, I mean, Gorge almost doesn't even count. It's such a big stop. It's just – it's 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 an event. I mean, people get RVs for that, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see if we have any questions here. Not too many questions this week because we probably didn't get anybody that heads up that we're actually recording. But that's okay because we've been well over an hour now just BSing here amongst ourselves. Jake, you, Joe, you guys got anything else before we wrap up and say uh, say goodbye this week? No, Jake? I'm just I'm just looking forward to Deer Creek to see what um, what new songs are going to be played or going to debut this year because it seems like. Um, the band's starting to get in the flow of it a little bit, and now that Good Good Time came back, it makes you wonder if some of those 2004 songs are going to pop back out uh, maybe this weekend. Yeah, Raven came back. Um, yeah, it'll be it's going to be interesting. And right now we got a little bit of a little week break. The band's taking a little bit of a break, but then we're going to really pick it up with um, Deer Creek and um, Canada, Detroit, uh, jumping through um Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and then off to the Fourth of July, you know, um, Milwaukee and two new Chicago, Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland shows. So um, we're about to get real busy when it comes to shows here. We're going to have a big stretch. The band might be on a break this week, but we're not. It's important no. to know. We keep bringing it. <laughs> 
Well, uh, fellas, thanks for joining uh, me on this. And to everyone listening out there, thanks for listening to us and putting up with us yet again for another episode of the Ants Podcast. Hit us on Twitter. We're at Ants Marching. Um, Instagram, Ants Marching Org is our name. There's no dot in there. Hit us up. Um, grab some downloads. If you have any questions, post in the uh, the torrent um, technical information form. We've been trying to uh, add on some how-to videos to every torrent that goes up now, so it should be easier and easier if you're unfamiliar with how to download shows. Um, you got no excuse now. So if you want to hear a show, let us know. Um, we'll help you. We'll help you achieve that and, and enjoy it from the comfort of your own home or your of your iPad. All right, gang. I guess we'll wrap it up. That's uh, episode thirty-seven. Uh, thirty what? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Oh my goodness, thirty-eight already. All right. Thanks for listening to the AnswerMarching.org podcast. For Jake and Joe, I'm Matt. We'll see you around next time, y'all. Take care. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats, and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.